discipleship. So today, we are talking about the requirement for discipleship. The requirement of discipleship. When you are going to look for a job, they will say that this is the or these are the minimum requirements. When you are applying for a school, they will say that this is the requirement that we expect or that we want from people that you are going to take in this school. I remember when I was um, going to Bible school, they said that the requirement for the particular course that I was going to do was just, um, um, I think, first degree or so. First degree in any subject you can come and do. Because I was going to do a master's course, a master of art in ministry in the Bible school. And they said, you have a first degree in any course, you can do it. At that time, I had a master's degree already. So which means that I was even overqualified to um, do that particular course. In the same way, um, in discipleship and shepherding too, there is a requirement. And this requirement is not two, it's not three, it's just one. There's only one requirement for discipleship. Just as going to the school required that you have certain things, and just as going to work also required that you have certain things, the same way when we are also going into discipleship, there is a requirement. The good thing about this one is that the requirement is not as complicated and as tedious of some of the things that um, we need when you are going to school or when you are going to a certain kind of job. But this requirement is so crucial that if you don't have it, no matter what you have, no matter what it is, no matter how many years you have been a Christian, you cannot become a disciple. That's how serious it is. You cannot do the work of shepherding very well if you do not have this singular requirement that we are going to talk about. And so, this is what we need. Because many people ask, if I want to be a shepherd, if I want to be a disciple, discipling others and bringing them up, what do I need? Do I need to have been a Christian for 10 years? Do I need to know the scriptures from um, Genesis to Revelation? What is it that I need in order to do the work of discipleship very well? And that is what we are going to talk about. The requirement for discipleship. Turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. And I want to believe that you have your Bible with you. You have your pen and your um, book ready where you are taking notes and writing. Or if you have a, a, a tablet, that is also good. What we don't want are people who do not write what we are talking about. So that they forget. And when you forget, it means that you are not going to put it into practice. The Bible says that we should be doers of the word of God and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. If you only come here, come and listen, and you don't put something down so that you can practice, then it means that you will not be able to put whatever you are talking about into practice. And then um, it will not be very beneficial. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. And Jesus went about all the cities. I'm reading from the King James Version. And villages. Teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes. 
he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 to 38. Then turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 32 to 34. Mark chapter 6 verse 32 to 34. Also from the King James Version. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing and many knew him. And ran afoot thither out of all cities and outwent them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Then turn again with me to John chapter 13 verse 34 to 35. John chapter 13 verse 34 to 35. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is from the NIV. Number four, the fourth scripture, John chapter 10 verse 27. John, sorry, Luke chapter 10 verse 27. Luke chapter 10 verse 27. And I'm reading also again from the NIV. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your strength. And with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let me read it again. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your strength. And with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And finally, the last scripture. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Amen. Now, these scriptures that we read is pointing to one central theme. So there are so many things that was mentioned in this particular scripture. So many wonderful and amazing things. But there's one thing that runs through all these scriptures that we read. But we see clearly that one thing that runs through all these scriptures that we read about. Where Jesus Christ was talking about others 
other people. Was talking about discipleship. Was talking about shepherding. Was talking about bringing people up. One of the things that we saw clearly is that Jesus said, "Love, ladies and gentlemen." I want everyone to understand this today. That if there's anything that you would need in order to do the work of a shepherd or to be able to disciple people apart from any other thing else that may be important is love. Compassion. The Bible says that when Jesus saw that the people were like a sheep without a shepherd, Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved. He didn't just look on and say, that, Oh, look at this. They are not serious. No. He was moved. In fact, that's what made him to make this statement that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In fact, you'll be wondering, why is Jesus saying the laborers are few? There are many churches which are empty. Many churches want a lot of people. So why is Jesus saying that the, uh, um, the laborers are few? In fact, it's important for you to understand that Jesus is saying the laborers are few because there are only few people who are moved with compassion, who are moved with love when they see others. Only few people. Many people look on unconcerned. Many people don't care at all. They are not bothered. They cannot be bothered. And so what? If people are not coming, that, that's okay. That's fine. Many people don't care at all. They are not thinking about that. They are more concerned about themselves and what they can get and what they can, uh, um, what can accrue to their benefit. And that's why Jesus said that these, uh, um, uh, um, the, the laborers are few. It means that there are few people who have true love. Now what that also means is that as inspiration, we need them to be looking at ourselves individually and as a ministry and asking ourselves if we truly have love towards the people that God keeps bringing us or we don't have it at all. When you don't have love, you don't even see that the people are scattered. You can't, you see, you can't seem to feel that. Look at Jesus. He said, because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. So they were fainted. And there are many people, many of our members who are fainted. Many of our people that we can't see, we can't find. They don't join us on Zoom. They don't join us on, on Facebook. We can't find them anywhere. And, 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 and as people who want to be disciples, we need to have compassion on such people. We need to be asking ourselves, where are they? Why come they are not here? Why, why can't we find them? Because it's only love that will move you to think about them and to do something about their situation. And that is why Jesus said, the laborers are few. And so he said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. So one of the prayers that which we pray all the time, is that God will bring more laborers into the house. God will send more laborers. Or God will uh, um, pour his love in our heart for the people. 
It's love for the people that will move us to look for them. Without love, there's nothing that will move us. Because you see, the work that you are doing, for those of you who work, you work most often, not even because <coughs> you are happy about the work that you are doing. You work not because you love the place so much. You work not because um, you like the boss or whatever. Most often, many people, in fact, about 95% of the people who do whatever work they are, they are doing, they are doing only because of the money that they are going to get. That's the only reason. That is the only reason why they are doing what they are doing. It's because of the money. They have no true love for what they are doing. And that is why it's so important that when you are doing God's work, shepherding, discipleship, whatever you do in God's work, you must make up your mind that you are doing it for love, not because of money. When I see people who are so much interested in money and wanting to make money out of uh, um, um, God's work, I want to stay away from such people. I have no problem at all to... um. Um, just give money to anybody to do anything in the house of the Lord. We can pay anybody for anything that the person wants to do. We can pay God has blessed the ministry so much that we can pay anybody any amount. But so, but we realize that uh, when people's heart is not in the ministry, it's not in shepherding, it's not in discipleship, and they are only after money, they are very, very dangerous people. Those are the people who can just disappoint you and desert you at the least provocation. But when you are doing it for love, when you are not paid, when I preach on Sundays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on, uh, no, nobody pays me anything. And the same way, you too, nobody pays you anything. And don't think that anybody is going to pay you anything. Nobody is going to pay you anything at all. We are doing it because we love God. And when you see, when you get to that point, where money is not your uh, motivation or your requirement for discipleship, that it means that you are really ready to advance into the higher things of the Lord. I remember some time ago, I used to be in a certain church. And for many years, we were working, preaching, using our car. My car um, used to be the church bus. It was a car, but it was the church bus. It used to pick people left, right, and center. All the time. Everywhere. Nowhere is too far. We used to visit people uh, who lived two hours from our house. Two hours from our house. It wasn't a problem at all. When we close from church, we have to be dropping people on the way. There are times that we bypass our house to go and drop people um, far out of our house before we come home. I remember one time we were going to drop a certain lady. When we dropped the lady um, and to turn back, we took two hours before you get home. So before you go home. Two hours after we have dropped the lady. But I began to think to myself that I mean this kind of droppings, I mean we need, we need to we need to think about it. Two hours after I have dropped her before we got to our house. So I mean it was part of our 
daily life and everything that we do and nobody gave us anything there was not even one time that somebody said that i am buying fuel for you not even once the church not one time bought i mean two cities of fuel for for us not with it it, it it wasn't part of the discussion it never came out i never felt that i needed to get anything for what i'm doing for the church at all i mean it, it wasn't a problem the problem actually came the day the church said that they are going to um, give me allowance. That's the day my love, my love and my heart for the church left. Completely. I was completely lost when the church decided that they are going to give me allowance or something. I was a pastor of the church for six years. Not a penny. Out of the blue. I don't know what happened. They just decided that they are going. The day they decided, my heart moved. I realized that <laughs> something was going wrong. And it took me 10 months before I could draw even a peswa from the allowance that they gave me in January. So in October, that was the first time I took a, a penny out of the allowance because my heart, I felt heavy. I felt that there was something wrong because you see, as I'm working for God and I'm sacrificing, God is actually blessing me. Why do you want to give me money so that God will take the blessing away? You see, I have no problem if um, a need has to be filled. I have no problem at all. If there's a need that needs to be fulfilled, if there's someone, somebody in the church who, who, who has a real need, I'm more interested in helping such people than in trying to just give money to everybody for whatever reason. I, it doesn't sit well with me at all. Why? Because I understood that the first requirement and probably the only requirement for discipleship for shepherding is love and my heart was so much on love for God and for his work that there's nothing that could compensate me for whatever I am doing. So ladies and gentlemen if you are going to be good shepherds then I want to encourage you that pray for love if you don't have love for the work if you don't have love for shepherding if you don't have love for the people pray that god will fill your heart with love just as he filled the heart of jesus christ with love so that he was moved with compassion if you don't have love when the people don't connect on sunday on tuesday you are not moved you you, 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 you won't call them to find out what is going on you visit them to understand what the situation and what the problem is. That's why somebody will take his phone and say, I am going to where the she- my shepherd, so my sheep cannot connect for whatever reason. I am taking my phone to where the sheep is so that I can actually watch with the sheep. And let's see if he's not going to watch or not. This is somebody who, is on, who has compassion for the people. Hallelujah. And so that is why we need this love. The love of God that will stay in our heart. And that will make sure that we look out for any person and everyone who we are discipling. And I know that when we have this love, nothing can stop us. They can take away the church meetings. You see, that is why we are gathered here. You see, see, our gathering here it's a testament of the love that we have. Our gathering here is a sign that we love God and we love the inspiration movement. 
the people who don't love God, who don't love the inspiration movie, they don't even care. I, see, I, know, I have people who call. They are, they are not able to connect because they don't have a smartphone, but they call. They call the pastor, how are you? How is everything going on? We, 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 we are not able to connect, but we are still with you. We are, we, we are still with you. We still love the ministry. We are part of whatever is going on. Even though we cannot connect and we don't know what, we, we, can't, we can't see whatever is happening. Yeah. That's what shows that the people's love or heart is in whatever we are doing. And for such people, you realize that they are always with us. The rest and for the long journey that God is taking us. So to do the work of discipleship and to do the work of shepherding, you need love. So if there's any prayer that you want to pray for as a shepherd, the Lord, fill my heart with love for you, for the ministry, and for the people that you have given me. And when you do that, you know that God will bless us. Amen. Hallelujah.